It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. This is Umar Army for IFL TV in association with MTK Global, joined by Ben Davison here in Manchester in camp with Billy Joe Saunders. We all come on to Billy Joe and uh, a man that he could be possibly facing on uh, May 2nd, wonder who that could be. Uh, I want to start with Las Vegas though, Tyson Fury putting on a career best performance Ben? Yeah I would agree, a career best performance. We've seen him put on master classes on the back foot a few times. We knew what he was capable to do um, that way but f- you know for him to put on a master class on the front foot like he did um, you know, really showed everybody. I have known, and we've always anybody this this work with Tyson will always tell you how versatile he's, how versatile he is, and how good he is. And I think he showed it on Saturday. You know, it was just a pure dominant, spiteful, quality, smart performance. Mm. Do you want to quickly clarify why you weren't there? I know you've been ill, so we'll just clear that up uh, on you as well. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I was bed bound for a couple of days this week, and I I was due to fly out. And then, you know, I've got a few fighters here that I'm, I'm, I'm working with. Um, so it was hard for me to fly out at the start of the week. Then it was going to be 40 hours of traveling because I couldn't get a direct flight. Um, and then with that on top of being ill, it was going to be tough. And then, um, you know, as well, on top of that, the lads were doing their thing and I thought it was best to leave them to it, you know. Mm. But of course, you know, 100% and I put it out there everywhere that I was supporting him. Yeah, of course, you're, you're friends still. A hundred percent. Looking back at the first fight, Deontay Wilder thought he'd got it in the bag right at the end and in the 12th round. So did the rest of the world, to be fair. Mm. Um, we know what happened in terms of Tyson got off the canvas, but not only that, he then pressed the fight with Deontay and landed some brilliant shots and ended the fight as the better man. Going into this rematch, how significant do you think that was, Ben? Yeah, you know... I- I felt that the fight started as though it was round 13. Um, after Wilder boxed all tees, me and Tyson spoke and I felt that Wilder was going to try and be more patient, look to set everything up off of his left hand. 
And Tyson said to me, I want to start hard and I want to start fast. And we spoke about it and I said, I agreed. I thought it was a good idea. Um, when we spoke about Hagler-Hearns and a couple of other fights, but I was also trying to say to him that, you know, it needs to be done the smart way. Um, but he was 100% right and he was adamant that, and this was him mate, saying this, he come up with wanting to do it in this manner. He said to me, I want to do it in this way. And sometimes as a, as a trainer, you see things that the fighter can't see. And sometimes as the fighter, you see and feel things that the trainer can't see. And uh, Tyson definitely, definitely felt something and saw something from that first fight that said that that was the way he wanted to go about it and he saw something in Wilder. <clears throat> and he was right, he was dead right. There was times in the first fight where he hurt Wilder and he could have pressed the action a bit more and there was times where he did press the action a bit more but we also had to be very wary and very careful because, you know, he was coming back off of a 10 stone weight loss, depression on the level of suicidal, um, addiction, you know, he was far from 100%. So we had to be very careful of what was in the tank, round management, and we done a good job of that. But Tyson definitely took something from Wilder in that first fight and exploited it um, on Saturday. If you'd said that you wanted to use those tactics in the first fight, the ones that he employed for this rematch, obviously you mentioned the weight loss, I think mm. also the fact that he boxed, let's say two, maybe, a D-level and a C-level opponent, all due respect to Seferi and Pianetta. Um What would you have said to him if he said he wanted to use them tactics in the first fight? It wouldn't have been ideal, would it? One thing that stuck in my head when I started working with Tyson was he's known to be unconventional. And to conventionalise an unconventional fighter can be really, really dangerous. If you think of when Nassim Hamid started working with Emmanuel Stewart, you know, it didn't work out because they were conventionalised and unconventional fights. So I was always very wary of that with Tyson. Although early on in his career, when he worked with his uncle Huey, he was quite a bit more conventional. Then his uncle Peter sort of made him a little bit more unconventional. He had a hell of a lot of success in that way. Then obviously he worked with me and we polished things up and worked on a few things. And probably more than anything, we worked on his head movement and his defence, where his defensive stats did, did shoot up and was better than ever. Um, and then, you know... The final piece of the puzzle was probably his off offense. Um, and, I, and it was something that Tyson, like I say, Tyson decided he wanted to go about the fight in that way. And he chose to work with Sugar and, and Andy for that. And it proved to be a, a, a very, very good decision because he's really shown he's got to be, he is the most versatile fighter on the planet. You're right, actually, when he was on terrestrial TV, he did use the fight like we saw on Saturday night, mm. come forward and just bang people out. Yeah, but I think more so probably at mid to short range, he was a little bit more compact, a little bit more, a little bit more, a bit more textbook. Yeah, a little bit more textbook. I think on, on, and I actually messaged Andy, I messaged Andy and uh, congratulated him and said that Tyson's jab and distance and timing was phenomenal, really, really was perfect. And uh, I just messaged him and congratulated him and that. Really, really nice guy and a really good guy as well. And, uh, you know, he done it in a smart, calculated, yet spiteful and vicious way. Really impressed. When you was uh, employed as Tyson's trainer, there was a load of questions asked mm. about, who's this guy? Mm. In fact, you still get it now, don't you? Mm. You're just a PT teacher or whatever. Sometimes. Not so much now. <laughs> Not so much now, but... but 
Look, do you know what it is you're always going to get in here? Tyson done, done something the other day, and I'm talking about fighters, completely different thing, but <clears throat> they said, oh, about, uh, is it important to you to be seen as number one? And he said, There's all, no matter what you do, people are always going to say, he could do it, he could pull it off, he could beat it, this person's better. So there's always going to be that. Um, you know, I do believe that there's not many that could have done what me and Tyson did at that time to get him through what he got through, to put on a performance, you know, at 30%, 40%, 50% um, against Deontay Wilder. And like I say, you know, his defensive stats went up. There was definitely some, some, some good gains there and he would have took some things from me and benefited from that and vice versa. I massively benefited from working with Tyson and, uh, you know, it's uh, it, he's took something from everybody that he's worked with. He's had more more trainers as a professional than he's had on dinners, but <laughs> he's taken something from all of them, and that's why he's so versatile. He done so in the in the first round. He got hit with a right hand. He pulled out straight and got hit with a right hand as he pulled out straight. And the same thing happened in the second round. But because he took his feet out and used the front arm to control it, it didn't land flush, but it was close. Tyson made an adaption to then go underneath it and smother it. And that was the right adaption. And he done that. And not only did he do that, he was then able to fight inside. And for a man that big's very rare. But he showed he's so versatile. He was dominating at distance, dominating at mid-distance, dominating at short distance. And, uh, you know, that's that's why I believe he's the most versatile fighter in boxing. Some of the uppercuts that we saw Phenomenal, yeah, phenomenal. Close. Even when he was going underneath the way he's controlling the body, turning Wilder, manipulating him, he's grappling, everything was, he was just a, a career best performance, definitely. Back to that point though, yeah, people question you, and Sugar Hill had, had the same. Mm. Uh, we know he comes from a reputable gym, in the Cronk gym, um, so he kind of had that little bit of leeway, but people were still questioning him, like, mm. what's kind of Sugar Hill done in the game? Uh, is this the right move for Tyson? And again, just like you, it, it seemed to, to be the right move. Obviously, it was a, a career-best performance. How much credit do you give to Sugar Hill and Andy Lee? 100%, you know, for, for... Like I say, Tyson told me he wanted to go about the fight in that manner. And Andy's a very knowledgeable guy in boxing. After speaking to Andy to say, I want to go about the fight in this manner, Andy knows boxing, and he recommended Sugar. So a lot of credit's got to go to Andy for that as well, for, for making the right recommendation. But of course, you know, like I say, they've done a fantastic job. Tyson's jab, his timing was phenomenal. Um, Good body assault as well in there. Just versatile, he showed a bit of everything. And, you know, for, for Tyson to do that, Tyson's had success with all his trainers, but it was a career best performance. And of course, Sugar and Andy have got to take credit for that. And, and you know, it was a, it was a ballsy move. It was a ballsy move, and and, uh, and it worked. Ben, do you think Deontay Wilder is still the second best ever in the world? It'd be difficult now because it'd be interesting to get into that fight. Let me. I just want to make this clear. Do not. Nobody can take nothing away from Wilder to say. Ah, shit, knew he was shit, this, that, and the other. Because that's what you're gonna get. Unfortunately, well, that's I've, I've seen it, but it's ridiculous. That's honestly. what you're gonna get. But going into that fight, it was still, you know, 
going into the first fight, 99% thought Tyson was going to get beat, but still going into that fight, 50% thought Tyson was going to oh, get beat. I think more. Maybe, All the Americans are picking wild. Maybe even more. Yeah. Maybe even more. He's definitely going into that fight the second best heavyweight in the world. Now, it's difficult to see because how will he come back from that? Because he got dominated. He got dominated. So, going into the fight, yes. After, it's hard to tell, but that's only because of the fashion that he got beaten. But you can't start saying, ah, he's no good and this, that and the other, because you're going to get it, but it's only because of the way that Tyson done it, you know. Um, Could anyone else in history of heavyweight boxing done that to Deontay Wilder? Beat him up and pushed him around like a ragdoll? I don't know, listen. Probably not, because... But Tyson's beat him in every manner. Tyson pinged him in the first. They've had 19 rounds, yeah? <laughs> How 19... many rounds has Dante won? Two? No, do you want to know the truth? Realistically? Yeah. None. Because even in the two rounds he knocked Tyson down and what happened when he got back up? Well, Tyson won. He's won well. what? A minute and a half but on of paper, 19 rounds. Maybe you could say there were 10 nines even them knocked down rounds in. Yeah, no, they were 10 eights. You have to give them 10 eights. You have to be fair. But realistically, of the, the, the actual time spent in the ring yeah. of, over 19 rounds, Wild has won. A minute and a half, including the knockdowns and a, and a spell trying to take Tyson out after them. A minute and a half of 19 rounds. Um, but Wilder going into that fight was the second best heavyweight in the world. Do not be mistaken. And that just shows how far above Tyson is to the rest of them. Mm. Considering how one-sided the beatdown was. But uh, I was going to ask, yeah, why would you take a trilogy? But where else does he go? He's got no other option. That, that, is, that is the thing. That is the thing. It's the most money in it for him. He's always got a puncher's chance. You know, taking his age into consideration, not that he's old, not that he's old, but taking, you know, is he going to want to work on things, develop things and, and go and, and, and re, <coughs> reassess things and, and start, not start again, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, Do you think he'll be the same fighter? Because we've seen top elite fighters being beaten to... down so much and never come back the same yeah we have but we've seen it, it, it's funny because it always seems to be the way that those punchers get taken out like that but Thomas Hearns got took out like that and come back and still was successful it's, 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 a, it's a test of character now for a while you know Tyson's been through his uh He's tough patching come through the other end and it's, it's Wilder's time to, to try and do the same, you know. I'm sure they've got a hell of a lot of respect for each other. I've got a hell of a lot of respect for him. Um, but, it's, you know, I understand him if he if he wants to wants to do the trilogy. Um, but well, He's come out and said he will, so. Yeah, I can understand that, but like I say, I, think, I don't think it's going to end well for him. Over 19 rounds, it's not looking good for him, is it, against Tyson? We'll come on to the, the whole corner and tower Mark Breeding situation in a second, but I think it has to be said, Massive still respected Deontay, even though he got, well, he did lose every second of every round and was never in the fight. He didn't give up. Um, he was still in there. Obviously, we know the corner pulled him out, but he wanted to carry on, basically. Even though you could tell on his face he didn't really want to be there, he just still stuck it out somehow. Yeah, he wanted to go out on his shield, and you can only respect that. You can only respect that. You know, you don't get to where he's got to in boxing, though, and, uh, and not have that about you. So, fair play to him, definitely. 
What was uh, your reaction when the towel came in? A lot of people saying that it should have been really stopped earlier. It's hard, isn't it? Because it's hard because he was get, he, he was getting taken out. He was going to get taken out. Um, but I understand. I've got a lot of respect for Jay Diaz. I've got a lot of respect for him, and I like him. And he's trained Deontay Wilder since his first day stepping into the gym. Um, he's been getting a lot of criticism. He has been getting criticism, but I understand an element of what he's saying that Wilde is always in a fight because of his power. I understand that element of it, but I also understand. I also understand Mark Breland's decision. It's a real tough one, and it's a fine, fine call, a real fine call, because <clears throat> when Tyson went down in the twelfth, imagine if I'd put the towel in. People wouldn't have said that was a mistake at that exact moment. People That's a good point. That is a good point. But that was a, a knockdown where Tyson was winning 99% of the fight. Deontay was getting beaten up for 100% of the fight. And from Mark's perspective, it was a, a health point. If Tyson had got back up and his legs were shaking and he was all over the place and you threw the towel in then, I think that would have been completely justified. Of course, but he got back up, got hit with a shot, and this is what I'm saying, it's a fine line. If Wilder had landed one more shot, and say something did happen, not that I think it would, but say it had happened, or let's say it wasn't Tyson talking about someone else, someone had got hit in that moment, went down and was put clean out, people would have said, you should have thrown the towel in. And it's, you're split with boxing, it's fine margins, it really, really is fine margins, but like I say, I understand Jay Diaz's element from it, I've got a lot of respect for him. Um, but I understand Mark Breen's decision. I do think it was the right decision to, to, to stop the fight as well. Talk about Deontay's comments. One of the comments was <coughs> they're reviewing Mark Brennan's position as assistant coach mm. and that potentially he could lead the team. Do you think that's a bit harsh then? But he's, he's, his ego's hurt, he's down. Straight after the fight, you can't really take into consideration the comments that are being made because it's, it's, it's based on emotion at the moment. Um, so that's something for, for for him to to have a think about. I think I don't think that'll happen. I don't think they'll they'll push Mark out of the team. I know you just said he's being emotional at the moment and understandably so, but I will have to ask about the fact that he said the costume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on. Um, weakened his legs and was to blame, and that he has said today. I've seen it on Sky Sports News just now downstairs that um, Tyson didn't hurt him at all. Listen. Listen, there's an element of, of Wilder's character that he has to have to have an ego. He has to have an ego to say, you might be beating me in rounds, but I'm gonna knock you out. He has to have that. But it's a bit extreme, isn't it? Fucking hell. Uh, Listen, if he wants to believe that, he wants to believe that. It makes no difference to anybody else or to Tyson, does it, do you know what I mean? So, it is what it is. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and, and run him down because, like I said, it's easy to now go, ah, he's no good. Let me tell you, he was a phenomenal puncher. He's a better boxer than what people think. Um, and Tyson done a real number on him. Tyson's, Tyson's coming up 32. He's coming into his prime as a heavyweight. He's coming into his prime. You, that that you've probably not seen the best of Tyson yet. It's exactly what Billy Joe said. 
You've probably not seen the yeah. best of Tyson yet. The best of him is still to come. He's coming into his prime, you know. That was his first fight back from all the weight loss, all the stress. Five fights in, in 13 months, 10 stone weight loss. Coming back from where he was mentally. How is you going to see the best of him like that? You're going to see the best of him now. Now, he's only coming into the best of him now. He's had a bit of time to rest and, and recover. And you're going to see the best of him now, trust me. So, I don't see a rematch faring well for, for Wilder. But you've got to say fair play to him for having the bollocks anyway. Well, he's a man that's taken two fights with Luis Ortiz. That's uh, someone that no one wanted to fight. It's no secret in Luis Ortiz. And look at how, look at how he ended them fights. <laughs> people, people can talk, talk shit about him, but let me tell you, it was because of how good Tyson was. That was all it was. No, exactly. Um, one to ask you about Sugar Hill. He said it was a strange comment that he made. I think it might have been the heat in the moment that he's going to leave the camp now and, and go back to the amateur scene. Yeah, he might have been playing with the media, but listen, I understand. There's a lot, a lot of pressure at that at that level. A lot of pressure. It's hard being away. It's hard. You know, everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's everybody's having a say. Um, it's a tough job, but you know they've had a had a tough camp, tough preparation. <coughs> you know, tough fight with a lot of pressure. They've pulled the job off, and he's probably a sigh of relief, and he's thinking, I just want to get home now and rest, recover, see my family, whatever. But I'm sure once he's done that, he'll be uh, he'll be buzzing to get back to action, hundred percent. Many people believe now Tyson's beaten the two best men of his era, uh, i.e. Adam Klitschko and Deontay Wilder. His father, Big John, says that Tyson should retire. Mm. Can you understand that perspective? Yeah, I can, yeah. I he's, can understand he's, that. he's done it all, hasn't he? So. He's done everything. I can understand that. I'm sure the fans want to see the... Um, I'm sure the fans want to see the Joshua fight, but if that's not being spoken about since, I'm sure Tyson's not hanging around waiting for it. Um, so he's achieved everything. There's not, not, not. He's fulfilled his 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 potential. Fulfilled. Not saying that he can't get any better, because I believe that he's still going to be getting better. He's coming into his prime now. But I think, um, you know, what else is there for him to do? If he beat he beat Vladimir Klitschko to unify the division, so beating Anthony Joshua ain't going to go down as a better win, you know, and that's nothing against Joshua. Is I think it a better really, win than Wilder? He's a really, really good fighter. <sighs> Similar? There'll be perception, different perception. Like I say, some people say Wilder was, some people but say Klitschko is right was. at the top. Klitschko was like, you're not going to get a better win than that to to, to unify the division. Um, so it's, it's just another... Not on the belt, isn't it? Really, do you know what I mean? Defense of his ring mag and lineal status, and it's a, it's, a, it's a great win. Joshua's a great fighter, but it's not going to do anything more than what he's already done. Is what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I do get that. However, he has got fights left on his ESPN contract. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I'm sure he wants to fulfil that. He has come out and said that publicly before. Mm -hmm. And as you said, that was the best Fury we've seen. So just for himself, maybe he wants to carry on because he is in this the best shape and can produce perhaps even better results. So from that perspective, I still guess, listen, you're not Tyson Fury. I'm not asking you to speak on his behalf, but 
guessing there's still motivation to fight because he can produce even better still. Yeah, you'd have to say, listen, what's important now is, is, is where he's mentally. Always, when I, when, you know, still friends with him, so. But when I was working with him, I always pictured it as guidelines. And you wouldn't want him to go too high to then come too low. You wanted to try and keep him in those guidelines and keep him balanced. And I think that that's something that that's something that's been on my mind since since the fight. Well, he's gone really high back to the top of the world. Exactly. I, I don't listen. People are saying online that when he came through the airport today, he didn't look too happy. It's a ten-hour flight from Vegas, so mm. that could be it. But I have to say, he didn't look ecstatic, or maybe it was just a, a big like sort of crowd and he just wanted to get home you can understand that yeah he might have had about 30 sleeping pills to sleep on the way back <laughs> i don't know but <laughs> but um we, we don't want him to, to go back to that place though, I don't, and he won't he won't but you don't want to see him a bit down either so there's something that's been on my mind since the fight to be honest with you mm. um about where he's at and and being balanced and that because i know listen everybody around him will be ecstatic do you know what I mean? Everybody's going to be buzzing. And if everybody's buzzing, the energy rises and everybody makes him like that. And there's going to be a crash at some point. So it's, it's important to try and keep him balanced, you know? Mm. On the Joshua fight, um, stylistically, how do you think it goes? So if we see a similar weight Tyson Fury, the mental state of Tyson Fury, i.e. the best Tyson Fury, how does that play out in a ring with Joshua? Um... Like I said, Tyson's the most versatile fighter in boxing and he can ping the life out of Joshua. But with the performance and the style that he put on on Saturday, if he chose to, he could also do that to him as well. Um, Obviously Joshua's a bigger man than Wilder. So physically stature, so the pulling and the mulling, but the distance, the way that he done it, the timing of when to sit on his shots, um, you know, he had that down to a T. Um, I think a blend of the of the two. I think a blend of the two would would um, would work very well against Joshua because his unpredictability is a big key to him, and that was the that was the thing. He kept that unpredictability in that style that he adopted um, on Saturday, and I believe that that was a huge part of why it was so successful as well. Eddie's come out and says. We want that fight next. We'll kind of sweat out a deal with top rank where we step pool ever side, and we'll just make that undisputed fight next of the summer. Do you, do you believe Eddie when he says that? And, and what do you think Joshua's thinking right now as well? well? I don't know. It's not really for me to comment on because then everybody starts. <laughs> he said this. This person said that. I'd rather not uh, not comment on it. Um, but Tyson's in the position where he can choose what he wants. He to dictates. Do. He dictates. Yeah. I think he bought something like 7,000, I want to say, travelling vans to Las Vegas. Yeah? I think that's what I heard. And obviously, not all of them would have got a ticket, but I heard... 7,000 fans travelled? Yeah. Yeah, well, think about how many travellers would have been there. American travellers. Yeah, of course. Irish fans are already in America. Yeah. yeah been a, well, been it a, was a Titan Fury crowd, from what I heard. 100% it was, um, so, yeah. It broke... The uh, Nevada gate, yeah. ticket gate for any boxing event ever, and uh, we know Mayweather's had plenty of fights there. Canelo Alvarez for, for the he heavyweights, I think. That oh, was. is that the heavyweight? I think so. I think so. Is that so? you're right? 
I think so. Because I was surprised about that. I thought Mayweather fights would have. <coughs> that's what that's what I read, but I don't know. Maybe you you're could right. Be right. No, you no, no. I think right. I think you must because that did shock me a little bit. I've just it, listen. Either way, it was fucking. Oh, listen. You've had and with Mike inflation fight there and Holyfield fight. Exactly, there. exactly. Um, that being said, where do you see him in, in terms of stardom? I think it was no secret that Canelo Alvarez, Tyson Fury, and Joshua are kind of the three biggest stars in boxing. I think we can all agree on that. Where do you see him in that pecking order at the moment? It's hard to tell. I'm not a promoter, is it? But stay in your lane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think for what he's done, for what he's done, listen, there's certain elements that stand out and maths. If someone says to me, "What's worth more, that or that?" If I know, I know. Mm. I'm going to say, do you know what I mean? But I can't say at the minute who's bigger than the other because I don't know I don't know what numbers somebody else or they do or that person does but it's hard to say because what you have to think about is what Tyson's done inside but also outside the ring mm. none of those others can say they've saved thousands of millions of people's lives mm. and done inspired that many people do you know what I mean? no completely and to, That's and to, why do, I to do what he's done as outspoken as he's been and and all the rest of it. So I think on an overall scale, it could be Tyson. In terms of boxing, because he's got, Canelo's probably got a couple of nations behind him in terms of Mexico and America, and he's got fans everywhere, and potentially, potentially he'd be up there in terms of just boxing. But I think overall, Tyson's definitely number one, if not number, number two, if not number one. We had ESPN and Fox pushing him. He was on like every sort of station on Fox and ESPN. Mm. Can't underestimate that. And we know in, in the UK how popular he is. And I'm sure globally now as well, you're looking at other countries. Hundreds tuned in for that fight. And he done the, the, the Mexican Independence Weekend. Yes. So he definitely uh, spreaded his wings. Definitely. And. Um, I'm sure that will continue, although obviously if it, if it is going to be Joshua after the Wilder fight, it's all about going to the Middle East, I don't know how that will sit with ESPN. That hopefully doesn't get in the way of making that fight though, because that could complicate things, couldn't it? The ESPN mm. wanted him in Las Vegas, kind of Eddie wanted him in the Middle East. I suppose money talks bullshit walks, doesn't it? So, <laughs> I suppose. What are your thoughts on, on the fact that it's probably not going to be in the United Kingdom then? Two Brits. Be very surprised if it does land that Wembley. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Fires decide. Like I said, money talks bullshit. Walks, doesn't it? I understand the fans, but there's boxing fans everywhere. Boxing fans. It's global sport, sport, isn't it? But you can, you can, to a certain element, UK fans. Although it is prize fighting, etc., and as I said, it's a global sport, they don't have to fight anywhere necessarily. Obviously, the UK fans. When Joshua, would like for it to be, yeah. Of course, and Joshua and Fury coming up, they went to their fights, etc. They supported them, so mm-hmm. I completely get that. You can't disrespect that fact. But on the other hand, if you're getting triple or even quadruple the purse from Bahrain or Las Vegas or Saudi Arabia to do the same job, it's hard to hard to turn that down. It is hard. Yeah, it is. It's something that the the, the, the promoters and and management will have to get together and talk about, isn't it? Mm. Oh, easiest fans to say, but if we was doing it, yeah. <laughs> we'd want probably Kadru for the first one. Exactly, do you know what I mean? It's one of them. So, um, what else on Tyson? Donald Trump's invited him to the White House. Yeah, like it, like it. Listen, all these things that Tyson deserved are starting to come now, aren't they? So, um, yes. Yeah, listen, it's a good, good time. 
a very good time. Pope as well to the Vatican, I can't forget that. The Pope. That'd be nice, I'm sure Tyson would like to do that. Tyson will like to do that. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one, I like that. One very interesting stat, only the uh, second man in the division to win the Ring Magazine belt twice. Mm. Uh, I think the other one was uh, quite a famous person himself, Muhammad Ali. <laughs> people all, always used to say Tyson's the closest thing to Muhammad Ali. Teddy Atlas just come out and said the same thing. And people always wanted to give me stick for it. But you'll, you're starting to see now and you'll see in time as well. We know at a time where Ali wasn't actually that popular. Exactly. And let's be honest. Listen, Tyson I wasn't. swear, I swear. <laughs> they're, they're, they've got so many similarities in their path and their journey. And the way they are... It's ridiculous, ridiculous. I watched on a plane, I think it was called I Am Ali. Was that the HBO documentary? I can't remember. Uh, I think the one that came out recently, about a year ago. What am I talking about? I Am... There was a recent HBO documentary. I can't remember what it was called, to be honest, but watching it, I was thinking, the story, obviously the, the, the spine is very similar of the story. Mm. Very similar. Yeah, and it, even inside the ring, I know one's way bigger in size, but the way they move, or they shouldn't have been able to move like that. It's everywhere. It's both Ali and Tyson. Exactly, exactly. And Tyson's six foot nine and eighteen, nineteen stone. So just picking this back up, you're still here, aren't you? So yeah, still got a bit of a phlegm. Mm. Um, is he possibly even one of the greatest sportsmen to come out of the UK? Not just boxers, but... Uh, yeah, for sure, of course he is. I'm just thinking, who can you put in front of him? George Best. Mm. No, not in front, sorry, but just, I'm thinking yeah, of someone yeah, like George course, Best. Yeah. Uh, maybe... It's to say, listen, this is what I'm saying. Everybody's going to have an opinion. If I say yes, 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 people are going to go, oh, you're biased, and... There's always going to be disagreements, isn't there? Yeah. But it's, you, nobody can argue that he's up there. That's for sure. You can. But yeah, back to Ali. That that is a, a remarkable thing, and probably people will give us stick for even mentioning Muhammad Ali as I suppose still. But some people will. But the... I'm just thinking it logically. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? You can be. One around thing I'll say is there'll like... never be, and it goes for both. There'll never be a Muhammad Ali again. Yeah. Never, never, never be a Tyson Fury. No, I don't think so. They're they own men, but. You have to look in and outside the ring. There's so many similarities. Hundreds of freak, It's freakish, actually. Um, last one on Tyson. There's these rumours going around that he didn't actually come down. I think 273 pounds, yeah. uh, which the Nevada Commission read out. Yeah. Do you know anything about this, Ben? Yeah, I have heard the rumours that uh, I've heard the rumours that he waterloaded getting on the the scales or whatever. But listen, either way, either way. Um, you know, what whatever weight he did come in at. I know he had his clothes on and people were saying that he was drinking a big thing of water before he got there. Whatever he come in at was good for him, worked for him. Um, he didn't look 273 in the ring. And people have this, there's this perception, there's this perception that... Uh, people have that always wanted to weight drain Tyson or weight drain Tyson because of the the Wallin performance where he come in at 18-1 or whatever but the the whole the whole thing I actually planned for him to come in about 18-7, 18-8 for that um, 
which I reckon he probably wasn't too far off on Saturday night at that weight, to be honest with you, looking at him. Um, but there's this perception that um, oh, I always wanted to bring his weight down, bring his weight down, bring his weight down. That's not the case at all. I wanted him to come in around 18-7, 18-8 for the Wallen fight. But, like I say, with what he put his body through for 14 months, 10 stone weight loss, coming back off the mental health, um, you know, and effectively, he, ha he had to burn the candle at every end. He had to burn the candle at going through the weight loss, getting his mental health back on track, being a dad, socialising, training for his mental health, training for a training camp, and then five fights. Of course your body's gonna be drained. There's not much you can do about that. Um, so it was one of them. Uh, his weight just fell down. Obviously, you know, Tyson said he didn't stick to his nutrition going into that fight, which was something. Um, but I definitely d didn't want his weight to keep coming down, keep coming down. I think the around that sort of weight, between 18-7, 18-8 and 18-12, Schwartz was a fantastic performance that people forget yeah. about at that weight. Um, I think uh, as Saturday night, I believe he was probably around that weight. <clears throat> I believe um, he's good for him. Stylistically, you might depend on who it is, you might adjust it slightly. Do you know what I mean? Of course, I've always said that. Mm. Um, but I think within that sort of region, and a man of that size, percentage-wise, there's always going to be a bit of fluctuation anyway, because percentage-wise, it doesn't work out that much, you know? Whereas, you're talking about a featherweight, three, four, five pound can make a big difference. Just rounding this <laughs> off then, sort of on a heavyweight note, so it's clear who, who number one is at the moment. Who would you see as number two, three, four, and five? So you just imagine Dante Wilder and Joshua Dillon. Yeah, it's hard to say. Definitely... Uh... Uh, I'd rather not answer that. To no, be no, I'd rather not answer it because everybody's. Well, where you, okay, where do you see Dylan White in the picture? Ben? Definitely deserves a shot somewhere along the line. Whether there's an agreement, I know that he's fighting Povetkin. It's hard. This is what I mean. There's so many, so much up in the air. If Tyson and AJ fight next, then maybe White can have a deal to fight the winner. Um, he fact, deserves it as well, doesn't he? He does. He does. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. He does. You know, and. Uh, I know that he spoke a bit of shit about me before, but... Has he? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I remember. So, I'll, uh, <laughs> but listen, he deserves a shot. He does deserve a shot. I'll say it as it is, and I'll tell the truth, and he definitely deserves a shot, you know. Um, if AJ's fighting Pulev next, and then Tyson and Wilder getting it on, I don't know if he can have his shot against AJ, and then the winner of Wilder Tyson can, can fight. I don't know, but somewhere along the line, he does deserve a shot, yeah. Quickly, just uh, how was Isaac? Like, it wasn't on BT, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah, but I got to watch it. I streamed it. <laughs> um, I streamed it. He, uh, it was, it was a tough one because the, um, it was nothing to do with Isaac's fault. But the referee had an absolute nightmare. Really? Oh, the referee had a nightmare, and uh, it was a bit of a scrappy fight. But Isaac stuck to it, uh, kept his mind on the job, uh, and got the win. Dropped the fella in the, in the eighth as well. So, uh, yeah, it was. It was uh, the referee had a nightmare, but good win for him and another defence of his WBC international. Soon to be in line for a world title shot as well. Good, good. Um, actually, talking about refs, what did you make of Kenny Bayless on Saturday night? Yeah, he's, uh, I don't know. Again, rather not make a comment on that to be honest with you. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, talking about uh, yeah, Dylan White deserves a shot. Someone who deserves a shot at a mega fight, 100% mm. is Billy Joe Saunders. Mm. 
God knows how long we've been waiting for. And Andy Lee and, and David Lemieux and Chris Eubank Jr. Were, were big fights, but they're not, they're not mega fights. Um, a Canelo or Golovkin is a mega fight. We know what happened with Golovkin offers flying about and he never sort of landed it. And it feels like this fight is going to get announced now from what we're hearing um, either today or tomorrow. Um, as far as your sort of knowledge goes, is is it done then? What can you say about it? Um, Are you texting Golden Boy right now? No, the, the, <laughs> the strength and condition is here, so uh, I'm just saying to him I'm just doing this, but oh, right. they're not due to start yet anyway, it's just a little bit early. Um, yeah, look, Billy Joe's been a world champion for, for five years now. He definitely deserves an opportunity to test himself against the best. That's, that's what they're in the sport for, you know? Um, I don't know the ins and outs. Uh, you'd have to MTK know more about that than me. I'm just preparing him. Um, Are you focusing for a fight with Canelo? I'm focusing on Billy Joe being the best Billy Joe can be. Um, simple as that, you know. Picturing Canelo. Canelo is one of the best fighters in boxing, obviously, but right up there. Him, Tyson. Lomachenko, Crawford, you know, you Ushik. can Undisputed. You can juggle those names around, yeah? So if you're mentally preparing for somebody like that, that versatile, that clever, then it's a good start anyway, so either way, we're preparing for Billy Joe to be the best Billy Joe he can be. Considering of how much of a massive star he is and as you said one of the best pound for pound and has been for a while. How much would it mean to you and Billy Joe if you went to Las Vegas and beat Canelo Alvarez? Again, again, um, Billy Joe's had success with Jimmy, he's had success with Dom, he had major success with his amateur coach, Danny Hoy. Um, so, it wouldn't be like, just me. I've played a part. I played a part and I've worked with Billy Joe for a long time playing part in some of his other wins as well. Um It'd be a massive occasion though. It would and it would it would you know again it's 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 a it's a win it's a win like what Tyson's achieved in his career and I know that Billy Joe is definitely capable of it. Mm. And sometimes Billy Joe like Tyson they have to have that bit of fear factor. Tyson's had performances where people have gone, but when he, he rises to the occasion, and every time so far Billy Joe's been put in that, he rose to the occasion, and uh, I believe that he'd rise to, he'll rise to the occasion again. If that doesn't happen and Callum Smith gets it, just putting that situation to, the obvious one is to get in a ring with Dimitris Andre. Billy said to me that he stops Dimitris. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I, I do agree with that. I do agree with that. Um, he's a good fighter, he's a good fighter, a tricky fighter, um, but I do believe that Billy Joe will stop him, yeah. Uh, would that be the fight you want next if Callum gets a Callum fight? I don't know, you know. Uh, but I'm just looking at it, I mean there's Danny Jacobs there, there's Golovkin, but I can't really see, see that happening. I think the Andre fight would be the one, wouldn't it, because there's prior history and Andre has called for it. So. I would like... Billy Joe to, to, to fight Golovkin if not. Yeah? Yeah I would yeah because 
all the way through, it's been Golovkin Canelo, Golovkin Canelo, Golovkin Canelo. So if you can't get Canelo, I'd love for him to to have the opportunity to fight Golovkin. He'd have to come up 68 now. Uh, he's got a world title 160. I don't oh, think Billy can go back 60. Listen, that's for them to decide. But it's a fight. I'm just speaking on how I see things. I would like that fight for Billy Joe. Just picking this back up. So. But you said 60-68, either he can do it. Yeah. Either he can do it, either he can do it. Okay. You just have to have the right man in front of him and Billy Joe will uh, rise to the occasion with proper preparation and the right game plan. Well, we'll find out what happens, I think, very soon in terms of Canelo situation. Just picking this back up with Ben. But I know I said Callum Smith, if he lands a Canelo fight, um, that obviously leaves other options for Billy Burks, Andre or Danny Jacobs, whatever, Golovkin. But what if neither Callum or Billy get it, which is really unlikely, but just say, uh, that fight, how do you see it? Because Callum is a big man. Callum's a big lad. I think stylistically it's a tough fight for the pair of them, of course. Uh, I rate Callum, I think he's a great fighter. Um, you know, it's an interesting one, but look, I don't make the fights. I'll just prepare them for the fights. Uh, simple as that. But there's so many good options. Um, there's so many good options, but like I say, Golovkin and Canelo are the two that's always sort of been there around Billy Joe's sort of period. To be honest, Danny Jacobs as well. Um, and throughout that period, Jacobs has fought Golovkin, Jacobs has fought Canelo, Canelo has fought Golovkin, they've had rematches. I think it's time Billy Joe gets his shot in that mix, and if he's if he doesn't get Canelo, I think it'd be great for him to get the opportunity to, to fight Golovkin. I know when Golovkin was really at his heights, that was the man. If you ask Billy Joe, who do you want to fight Canelo or Golovkin? When it was Golovkin that was the man, he'd always say Golovkin. So, you know, me personally, I'm, I can't make decisions for, for Billy Joe. But that's a fight that I'd like to see. Um, Someone said the other day, if it's neither Billy or Callum, Chris Eubank Jr. That's a Canelo fight. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, but yeah, they, they, listen, the two divisions are great divisions, middle and super middle. Mm. Lots of talent in there, so... Some money to be made. Yeah, and it's great to, it'd be great to, uh, there's some great matchups, potential matchups there as well. Yeah, with UK and US fighters. Yeah, there's, uh, um, they're fine as well, aren't they? Zach Parker and Ryan Murdoch. Yeah, good little fight. I'm going to go see that thing. Scott Quigg, John O'Carroll, good fight as well. Yes. Dubois Joyce coming up, good fight. Yeah, who's Very your pick? Uh, I don't know, I think he's... Uh, People could, are keep switching minds about that fight. I think it potentially could be a fight of two halves. And it's who's as dominant, in, who's going to be more dominant in their half of the fight. So, I think Dubois probably... His area is going to be the first half of the fight and, and Joyce's will be the second half of the fight. So, I think it's who's more dominant in their area of of the fight that that will that will take that one. Ben, can you give us any <coughs> updates on Josh Taylor? What is going on with him? Uh yeah, Josh is Josh is here. Um Josh is here, we're working together. Um and it's uh, it's a great partnership. I think that him and Billy Joe working alongside each other is great for for the pair of them as well because there's areas that Josh can develop on that Billy Joe's um, specialities and vice versa so I think that's a great partnership as well and as well as you know me being able to coach them I think they'll they'll learn a lot and gather a lot from each other as well so uh, and they're all similar character we're all similar characters as well and, and all get on like 
Josh, yeah? Yeah, all good, all good lads and um, all get along, so that, that's, that's a positive as well. So you've had multiple fighters before, you had Tyson, Billy and Isaac at one time. Yeah. Um, there was a period where you was just uh, with Billy on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, but you're happy to have a second fighter in camp? Yeah, happy, especially somebody like Josh, you know. Shane done a phenomenal job uh, coaching him before, so again, you know, um, you're taking on someone that, that, that's had success, you don't want to take anything away from them, you just want to add to them. Um, and I think it's right, everybody knows that, that Shane gets a lot of recognition for, for what he done with Josh. Um, and looking forward to, to, the, to, to see the results. We know he's got mandatory coming up, hopefully he gets through that and the undisputed fight with Ramirez is there, I can't see any other fight being made. They're both mm. in the top rank, that is the fight to make. Um, how do you feel about him potentially if he does become undisputed and moving up to 47? Uh, because he's quite big for a super lightweight, isn't he? He is, but he makes the weight comfortably and I think he can actually become even, I think we, you can actually even make him slightly bigger, 140. What? Yeah, I think I think yeah. with the, with a proper nutritionist working with him. Greg Marriott? Greg. Um, I think that you can fulfil his uh, physicalities at 140. There's more potential there, I believe. Um, 147, I think that to make that adaption, it'd have to be the right opponent. Um, Crawford? would be would be good but then you have to there's other areas of his game technically tactically that you'd want to work on obviously uh, going into that fight so it's an interesting one I don't think there's anybody out there to beat Josh Taylor at 140 though that's for sure um, and 147 once we get him to where he wants to be I, uh, I'd fancy him against Crawford for sure 100% is a special fighter Oh, and I love, even before I started working with him, I always loved his mindset. The way he is, the way he carries himself, the way he conducts himself, the way he approaches a fight mentally and emotionally. I've always been very impressed with that and always been a big fan of his as well. And I know Tyson's a big fan of his as well. And I'm sure Tyson will pop over and come see the lad soon. And that'll be, uh, we'll look forward to it. He is actually, he's told me that uh, his favourite two fighters are Billy Joe Saunders and Josh Taylor. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure he will pop down soon. All right, Ben Davison, thank you very much for talking to IFL TV. Best of luck with whatever happens with Billy Joe. And, uh, Umar, it's good to see you, mate. Good to see you back. <laughs> Fucking good to see you back, Cheers, man. And uh, best of luck with whatever happens with Josh Taylor. And then uh, you got a, a session to do with him now, haven't you? So yep. Better crack on. Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast, sponsored by William Hill, in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. Podcast Network.